بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Continuing on with the biography of the great companion of the Prophet وسلم, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq The last couple of weeks we spoke about the life of Abu Bakr before Islam and we spoke about his friendship with the Prophet وسلم, even before he became a Prophet and we spoke about some of the incidents that happened with Abu Bakr during the early years after Islam. One of the incidents that happened, it's a pretty amazing incident that happened during the Meccan years of Islam. So after the Prophet ﷺ started to receive revelation in Mecca, but before the Hijrah to Medina. One of the incidents that happened was that there was a huge war between the two biggest empires in the world at that time. The Persian Empire and the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire, they were Christians. And the Persian Empire, they were polytheists. So there was a huge war between both of these major empires of the world. The Roman Empire and the Persian Empire. So in this battle, eventually the Persians were victorious. The Persian Empire, they were victorious. And this is something that made the kuffar of the Quraysh happy. And it made the Muslims sad. The fact that the polytheists defeated the Christians. This is something that made the Quraysh happy. Because the Quraysh were closer in terms of their beliefs to the Persians. They were both polytheists. Uh, neither of them believed in life after death. So they had similar beliefs. The Persians and the Quraysh. But as for the Muslims, they had more similarities with the Romans. The Romans were Christians. They were from the Ahlul Kitab. So the Muslims were hoping that the Romans would be victorious. Whereas the Quraysh, they were hoping that the Persians would be victorious. And in the end, it turned out that the Persian Empire defeated the Roman Empire. And it was a huge loss for the Roman Empire. It was a big victory for the Persians and a huge loss for the Romans. So it made the Muslims sad and it made the Kuffar of the Quraysh happy. So this happened, this battle happened during the early years of Islam while the Prophet ﷺ was still in Mecca before the Hijrah to Medina. So the Muslims were sad but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them a consolation with the revelation of Surah Al-Rum where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Alif Lam Mim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in this surah that yes, the Roman Empire have been defeated. The Romans have been defeated in a nearby land. And that is because the battle, it took place in Asham, the greater Syria area, which is not far away from the Arabian Peninsula. The Romans have been defeated in a nearby land, but after this defeat, they will again be victorious. 
after this defeat, they will again be victorious in a few years. Fi bid'i sinin. Fi bid'i sinin. So in a few years, there's going to be another, another battle between these two empires, between the Roman Empire and the Persian Empire. And this time, the Romans are going to win. So this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed and it was a consolation to the Muslims that they have something to look forward to. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And on that day, the believers, they will be happy. So when the Muslims heard these ayat, when they were revealed to the Prophet ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ conveyed them to the Muslims, they were happy. And Abu Bakr was happy. And he went to the gathering of the Quraysh in front of the Kaaba. The Quraysh, they were sitting in front of the, the Kaaba and they were gloating and they were very happy. Yes, the Persians, they defeated the Romans. They were very happy about this and they were speaking about it with glee. And Abu Bakr he goes to them and tells them, hey, wait, wait. Don't be so happy. Don't be so smug. This is not going to last. Wallahi, wallahi, the Romans will beat the Persians in a few years. The Romans will defeat the Persians in a few years. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he said it with 100% confidence because he knew that the revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa it will for sure happen. No doubt about it. Abu Bakr is a siddiq He's the one who when the revelation comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when the Prophet conveys anything, he believes it immediately. So he was completely comfortable with this. He went to the Quraysh and he said, Wallahi, in a few years, the Romans are going to defeat the Persians. Now the Quraysh, they were flabbergasted at this. They said, how can this be? The Romans have just suffered a huge loss. It wasn't even close. The battle wasn't even close. The Persians had a huge victory and the Romans suffered a huge loss. The type of loss that you would think nobody could recover from. So the Quraysh said, what are you talking about? But Abu Bakr said, Wallahi, it is true. The Romans, in a few years, in a few years, they will be victorious against the Persians. So Ubay ibn Khalaf, one of the most evil of the Quraysh, he said to Abu Bakr, Ya Abu Bakr, kathabt, you have lied. How can this be? How can the Romans recover after this loss and defeat the Persians in just a few years? And Abu Bakr an replied to Ubay ibn Khalaf. He said, rather you are the liar, Ya Adu Wallah. You Ya Ubay, you are the liar and you are the enemy of Allah. Surely the Romans will defeat the Persians in a few years. So Ubay, he says, okay. If, if you're saying this, would you be willing to make a bet on this? Would you be willing to wager on this? And this was before betting was made haram. Later on, betting, it became haram. But at that time, it was not haram yet. So Ubay, when he asked Abu Bakr radiallahu an, do you want to make a bet? Abu Bakr said, yes, let's bet on it. So they agreed to bet 10 camels. Whoever wins the bet, they will receive 10 camels from the loser. So if Ubay wins the bet, he will receive 10 camels from Abu Bakr. If Abu Bakr wins the bet, he will receive 10 camels from Ubay. So this was the bet. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he agreed. The agreement was for 10 camels and they set the time period that this victory of the Romans over the Persians, it should happen in three years. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, fi bid'i sinin. Fi bid'i sinin. In a few years. It didn't specify a specific number. But in the bet, Ubay and Abu Bakr, they said, okay, we will make an agreement three years. So they agreed upon this bet, 10 camels in three years. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu went back to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he told him about this bet. He told him, I went and I met with Ubay and we made this bet that the Romans should defeat the Persians and we set the time period for three years and whoever wins he wins ten camels from the loser and then the Prophet said this is not what I said I didn't tell you three years I didn't say three years Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says fi bid'i sinin fi bid'i sinin and the word bid'i in Arabic it is between three and nine so the word bid'a in, in Arabic, it can refer to any number between three and nine. So at least three and at most nine. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, fi bid'i sinin. So it's not necessarily going to be three years. It could be anywhere from three to nine years. So the Prophet ﷺ said, this is not what, what I said. And you made this agreement for three years. So go back to him. Go back to Ubay again and increase the stakes. Increase the stakes in the bet. You bet 10 camels. So increase that and also increase the time period. So go to obey and, and reorganize this bet. So Abu Bakr he went back to Ubay ibn Khalaf. And he said, Ya Ubay, Ya Ubay, I want to talk to you about that bet that we made. So when Ubay heard this, he said, Ah, now you want to talk to me about the bet. You're feeling regret. You think you're going to lose now, huh? That's why you want to talk to me. And Abu Bakr said, no, that's not it. I have no, no regrets at all. Rather, I want to increase the stakes. We bet 10 camels. Let's make it 100 camels instead. Let's make it 100 camels instead. Now this is huge. 100 camels is a massive amount of wealth. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he proposes, let's raise it to 100 camels. But we have to also increase the time to nine years. So Ubay, out of his greediness, thinking that he's going to get a hundred camels, he said, okay, I will agree to this. A hundred camels for nine years. So this was the agreement that was made. Now, a few years down the line, when the Muslims started leaving Mecca and making hijrah to Medina, Ubay, he got afraid that Abu Bakr is going to leave Mecca, he's going to go to Medina because all the Muslims are going to Medina. And he's, Abu Ubay is thinking, if he loses the bet, he's never going to pay me my 100 camels. So he went to Abu Bakr and he said, if you ever leave Mecca, you have to leave a guarantor on your behalf, someone who will guarantee that the payment will be given to me if you lose the bet. So Abu Bakr said, okay, no problem. My son, he is my guarantor. So his son was made the guarantor. Uh, on behalf of Abu Bakr radiallahu Alright, so some years passed. Uh, the hijrah took place. The Muslims, they migrated to Medina. The battle of Badr took place in the second year of the hijrah. The battle of Uhud took place in the third year of the hijrah. And in the battle of Uhud, Ubay ibn Khalaf was killed. Ubay ibn Khalaf was killed in the battle of Uhud, fighting against the Muslims. And Ubay ibn Khalaf he is the only person who was killed personally by the hand of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. 
Ubay ibn Khalaf is the one, the only person who was ever killed personally by the Prophet Muhammad himself. The Prophet killed him on the battle of Uhud. So Ubay ibn Khalaf, one of the worst of the kuffar, may the curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be on him. So he was killed in the battle of Uhud, but the nine years hadn't passed yet. But the family of Ubay, they agreed to continue upon the original agreement. So the family of Ubay said, okay, the, the bet is still on, but they said to Abu Bakr, if you lose, then the hundred camels will come to the family of Ubay. It'll come to the family instead of Ubay because Ubay is gone. So the year, the, the bet continued. All right, now finally, seven years after the original bet, seven years later, there was another battle between the Romans and the Persians. And of course, according to the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Romans, they defeated the Persians. So this was seven years after the bet was made between Ubay and Abu Bakr that the Romans fought the Persians and the Romans were victorious as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And on that day, the mu'minun, the believers, they were happy. Alhamdulillah. So Abu Bakr collected from the family of Ubay ibn Khalaf, he collected a hundred camels from them. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ordered Abu Bakr to give away all of those camels in sadaqah. So they were all given away in sadaqah. So this is an interesting event that took place in the life of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Also, from the events in the life of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu before the hijrah to Medina, it's something that most people don't know about Abu Bakr radiallahu Most people, we know about the hijrah of the early Muslims to Habasha, to Abyssinia. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa allowed his companions, a number of his companions to go to Abyssinia and take refuge there. Even though the king of Abyssinia, the Najashi, he was a Christian, but he was just. He was a ruler who did not oppress his people. So he was not a Muslim. He was a Christian at that time. And later on, he became a Muslim, alhamdulillah. But at that time, he was still a Christian. But he was a man of justice. He was someone who did not do zulm or oppression or injustice upon anyone. So the Prophet ﷺ allowed a number of his companions to leave the oppression of Mecca and to go and take refuge under the Najashi in Habasha, in Abyssinia. So many of the Muslims, they left Mecca and they went to Abyssinia. Now Abu Bakr and this is something that is not very well known, but Abu Bakr actually had an intention to go and make Hijrah to Abyssinia as well. And he actually left Mecca and he started on the journey towards Abyssinia. So he was going towards Habasha. He left Mecca. And after traveling for five days, he passed by an area that is known as Birak al-Ghimad. Birak al-Ghimad on the way towards Abyssinia. So when he passed by there, there was a tribe that lived there. They were the tribe of Al-Qarra. And they were led by a man. The leader of this tribe was a chief by the name of Ibn Ad-Dughunna. Ibn Ad-Dughunna. So when he saw Abu Bakr pass by his land, and Abu Bakr was alone. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he was well known in the Arabian Peninsula. He was a successful businessman. He used to travel here and there. So he was well known and recognized by the people. So Ibn Ad-Dughunna, he saw Abu Bakr and he recognized him and he knew who he was. So he went to Abu Bakr and he asked him, where are you going? Why are you, why are you traveling in this direction? You're alone. What are you doing? Where are you going? So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he explained to Ibn Ad-Dughunna, my people have forced me to leave. 
I cannot practice my religion in peace in Mecca. So I had to leave and I want to go somewhere where I can practice my religion in peace. So Ibn Adghunna, he was shocked at this. Abu Bakr, one of the most important people in Mecca, one of the most important members of the Quraysh, a great asset to his society, and they're forcing him to leave. He's leaving Mecca. So Ibn Adghunna, he was surprised at this, and he said to Abu Bakr, He said, Ya Abu Bakr, someone like you, someone so great like you, who is such a valuable member of the society, he should not have to leave and he should not be expelled by his people. This is not right. This is not right. So then Ibn Ad-Dughunna, he said, he continued to praise Abu Bakr. He said, Ya Abu Bakr, you are a person, you keep good relationships with your family members, you honor your guests, you help anyone who is in need. You are a very productive and very valuable member to your community and to your society. How can they force you to leave? This is unacceptable. So Ibn Ad-Dughunna, he was so passionate about this that he said to Abu Bakr, he said, go back to Mecca. You should, you should not have to leave Mecca. Go back to Mecca and I will go back with you. I will also go with you to Mecca and I will announce to the people that Abu Bakr is under my protection. That nobody should hurt Abu Bakr, nobody should harm Abu Bakr. He is under the protection of Ibn Ad-Dughunna. And Ibn Ad-Dughunna, he was a tribal leader, so he was someone who had a lot of clout. He was someone who you don't want to mess with. So if someone is under the protection of Ibn Ad-Dughunna, no one's going to mess with that person. So Ibn Ad-Dughunna, he said, you come with me Abu Bakr, we're going to go back to Mecca together. I will announce to the Quraysh that you are under my protection and no one will touch you. So Abu Bakr he agreed to this. And he actually came back to Mecca along with Ibn Ad-Dughunna. When they came to Mecca, Ibn Ad-Dughunna, he went to the Kaaba where the Quraysh were gathered and he announced in front of everyone, Abu Bakr is under my protection, the protection of Ibn Ad-Dughunna. He should not be bothered, he should not be harmed, he should not be expelled, he is under my protection. So the Quraysh, of course, they don't want to start a fight with this man. They don't want to start a tribal war with Ibn Ad-Dughunna. So, they agreed. They said, okay, as long as he's under your protection, no one's going to hurt him, no one's going to harm him. And we're not going to force him to leave or anything like that. But Ibn Ad-Dughunna, you tell him one thing. You tell him to practice his religion privately in his home. Tell him not to go out publicly and preach the religion and practice it openly. Let him practice it inside his home and no one is going to bother him. So Ibn Ad-Dughunna, he agreed to this and he went to Abu Bakr and he told, told him, you're under my protection, but please... Just practice your religion freely and in your home. Don't do it publicly. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, after this he started praying at home. He started praying at his home, reading Quran at home. But then he had a good idea. He made an area of his home. His home had an, an outer area like a patio that was open. So he decided to make that open area his musalla, his place of prayer. He's still in his home, but it's the open area of his home. So he's still praying in his home, but everybody can see him, everybody can hear him. So even though he's still in his home, the exposure of Islam is still getting out there. So this is what he did. He made an outer area of his home, his place of prayer. And he started to pray there. He started to recite the Quran there. And eventually crowds started coming. They started listening. And they were affected by that. Alhamdulillah. Now the Quraysh, they were not happy about this. 
They were not happy that Abu Bakr was able to get around what they had said. So they called Ibn al-Dughunna again. They called Ibn al-Dughunna to come. You need to come back to Mecca. We need to have a meeting with you. We need to discuss something with you. So Ibn al-Dughunna, he came back to Mecca. And the Quraysh told him that, look, Abu Bakr is under your protection. And we respect that. But he is preaching his religion openly. And we fear that this is something that is going to spoil our children and our women. So you need to talk to him. He's, he's under your protection and we respect that, but you need to talk to him to keep his religion private. So Ibn al-Dughunna, he went to Abu Bakr and he said, Ya Abu Bakr, you're under my protection, but please, if you want my protection, then please just pray inside your house. Don't pray openly in front of the people. And if you insist that you're going to pray and, and read Quran openly in front of the people, then Please release me from my promise of protection. I have promised to protect you, but if you're going to do this, then I need you to release me from that promise. So Abu Bakr he said, okay, no problem. I release you from your guarantee. I release you from your promise. I don't need to be under your protection anymore. You are free from that. The protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is enough for me. So that is how Abu Bakr he had the intention to make hijrah to, to Habasha, but then he came back and he stayed in Mecca. And he continued to preach Islam publicly amongst the people, alhamdulillah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did protect him. Alright, now over the years in Mecca, the persecution and the oppression from the Quraysh towards the Muslims, it continued to increase and increase and increase. Then when the uncle of the Prophet wasallam, Abu Talib, when he died, then things got even worse. So eventually, under all of this oppression and persecution, the time came to leave Mecca. The time came for the Muslims to leave Mecca and settle somewhere else where they could practice their religion peacefully. Now, the tribes of Aus and Khazraj, the tribes of Aus and Khazraj in the city of Yathrib, which would later be known as al Madinatul Munawwara, they had accepted Islam, alhamdulillah. So the Prophet wasallam he ordered the Muslims in Mecca, go to Yathrib. Go and settle there in Medina. Make your hijrah to Medina. So the Muslims, they started leaving Mecca. They started leaving Mecca and going to Medina. Some of them left individually, some of them left in groups. They kept leaving and leaving and leaving. Eventually, there was almost no Muslim left in Mecca. Only a few Muslims were in Mecca. And amongst those who were still in Mecca were the Prophet ﷺ himself, Abu Bakr an, Ali ibn Abi Talib an, and a few others. But for the most part, most of them had already reached Medina. Now the reason why the Prophet ﷺ kept Ali ibn Abi Talib was so that the Prophet ﷺ, after he himself makes hijrah to Medina, Ali an, he would return all of the trusts, all of the amanat that had been kept with the Prophet ﷺ. And this is an amazing story in and of itself. Why did the Prophet ﷺ have so many amanat, so many trusts from the people? The people had left their wealth with him to keep it safe. And these people were the enemies of the Prophet ﷺ. The kuffar of the Quraysh, they tried to hurt the Prophet ﷺ and harm the Prophet ﷺ. But still, if they needed their wealth to be kept safe, 
who would they go to to keep it safe? They would go to the Prophet ﷺ because they knew that he was the most trustworthy of the people. Can you imagine? This person is your enemy, but still you go to him and you will keep your trusts and your wealth with him because he's the most trustworthy person. You show enmity and hatred towards him, but you know that he's the most trustworthy person, so you keep your wealth with him for safekeeping. This was the reputation of the Prophet ﷺ, the truthful one and the trustworthy one. So the Prophet ﷺ had many amanat, he had many of these trusts, wealth of the people that he had to give back to them. So he knew that he had to return these trusts to the people. So he entrusted it to Ali ibn Abi Talib. That after the Prophet ﷺ makes the hijrah to Medina, that Ali radiallahu an, he would still be in Mecca and he would return all of these trusts to their owners. So Ali radiallahu an was still there. So it's the Prophet ﷺ, Abu Bakr radiallahu an, Ali radiallahu an, and a few other people, very few people. But most of the Muslims had already reached Al Medina. Now, as the Muslims were going to Medina, some individually, some in groups, Abu Bakr radiallahu an had actually asked the Prophet ﷺ for permission. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm ready to go. Give me permission, I will go to Medina. But the Prophet ﷺ stopped Abu Bakr. He was allowing the Muslims to go. But when Abu Bakr asked for permission to go, he, he said to Abu Bakr, لا تعجل لا تعجل لعل الله أن يجعل لك صاحبا He said to Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr, don't be in a rush. Just wait. Maybe, perhaps, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make a companion for you. So you will go with a companion. You will not go alone. He said this to Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. And of course, Abu Bakr, when he heard this, he had hope in his heart that this companion is going to be the Prophet ﷺ himself. So he was excited about this. So he prepared two riding camels. Abu Bakr he purchased two camels for riding and he fed them the best food for a period of four months. Good food, high quality to make sure that they were strong and ready for a long journey. And he also prepared all of the supplies, everything that they would need for the journey. And he kept these camels and these supplies ready to go at a moment's notice. Anytime that the order comes to go, he's ready to go immediately. So he kept everything ready. So some time passed and then finally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gave permission to the Prophet wasallam to leave Mecca and make hijrah to Al-Madinah. The permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came to the Prophet ﷺ that yes, you can go, you can leave Mecca and go to Al-Madinah. As soon as this permission came to the Prophet ﷺ, where did he go? He went to the house of Abu Bakr to give him the good news. Now the Prophet ﷺ, he used to visit the house of Abu Bakr every day. He used to visit the house of, of Abu Bakr every day. But when he would visit, he would either visit in the morning or in the evening either in the morning or in the evening. He would never visit at the time of dhuhr, like in the afternoon, no. But this day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Prophet ﷺ permission to make hijrah, and he went to the house of Abu Bakr, it was at the time of dhuhr, which is an unusual time. The Prophet ﷺ never used to visit Abu Bakr at that time. But this day he came and visited him at that time. So Abu Bakr he knew something is up. This is something unusual. And when he saw the Prophet ﷺ coming to his house, he said, "Ma jaa Rasulullahi sallallahu alaihi wasallam fi hadhihi saa'a illa li amrin hadath." He said that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he has not come at this time except due to something has happened. There is something. There is some situation that has arose, and that is why he is coming to us at this time. 
So the Prophet ﷺ, he came into the house of Abu Bakr Abu Bakr moves so that the Prophet ﷺ can sit down with him. So the Prophet ﷺ sits down. And then he tells Abu Bakr He tells Abu Bakr, Ya Abu Bakr, أَخْرِجْ عَنِّي مَنْ عِنْدَكَ That whoever is in here with you in the house, tell them to get out. Because the Prophet ﷺ wanted to talk to him about something that was very confidential. But the only people in the house at that time besides the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr were the two daughters of Abu Bakr Asma and Aisha So Abu Bakr he said to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, it's only Asma and Aisha. It's only Asma and Aisha and they are your family. They are your family. So don't worry. So the Prophet ﷺ accepted this and then he told Abu Bakr Inna Allaha qad adhina li fil khuruji wal hijra. He said to Abu Bakr that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me permission to leave Mecca and to make the hijra. The permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has come. So Abu Bakr an, he said, Ya Rasulullah as-suhbah. He said, O Messenger of Allah, will I be your companion? And then the Prophet ﷺ replied to Abu Bakr, As-suhbah. Yes, Ya Abu Bakr, you are going to be my companion. We're going to go and leave Mecca and make the hijrah to Medina together, you and me. So Abu Bakr was so happy. He was so happy that he cried. He cried profusely. And Aisha radiallahu anha, she's very young at that time, she's seeing her father cry. And when she narrated this story, she said, Wallahi, I never knew before that day that a person could cry from happiness. Yes, I knew that people cry when they're sad and people cry when they get hurt. But I never knew before that day that a person can cry from extreme happiness until I saw my father crying out of happiness that he was going to be the companion of the Prophet Muhammad on this journey to Medina. So Abu Bakr was very happy. And as we mentioned, he was completely prepared. The camels were ready. The supplies were ready. Everything was ready. So Abu Bakr he said to the Prophet Ya Rasulullah, I have prepared these two camels for the journey. You take one. And he offered him the, the better one of the two. And then the Prophet said to Abu Bakr, Ya Abu Bakr, I will take it only for its price. I will pay you for it. And Abu Bakr didn't want him to pay for it. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I'll give it to you. You take it. But the Prophet refused. He said, no, I will only take it for its price. And he insisted upon this. And when, the, when Abu Bakr saw the insistence of the Prophet he accepted it. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, I bought it for this much. This is how much I bought it for. And then the Prophet ﷺ gave him that amount of money. He gave him the cost price. And the reason why the Prophet ﷺ insisted on buying the camel is because the Prophet ﷺ wanted this hijrah, this great act of ibadah. The hijrah is a great act of ibadah, leaving the land of kufr and going to the land of Islam. The Prophet ﷺ wanted it all, his journey to be all completely with his own wealth. So this is why he insisted upon purchasing the camel and Abu Bakr gave it to him for the cost price. So after this meeting between the Prophet and Abu Bakr, the Prophet went back to his own home. He made the final preparations and that night he left his home. That night he left his home for the last time. And the Quraysh were waiting outside his home. They were waiting outside his home ready to kill him. 
But when he left his home, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not allow the eyes of the Quraysh to see the Prophet leaving his home. So he left right in front of them. The Quraysh were waiting for him. And he left right in front of them and they didn't even see him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not allow them to see him. So he left his home and he went to the house of Abu Bakr radiallahu an to start the journey. So he reached the house of Abu Bakr and then the two of them got on their camels and they started the most important journey in history which was the Hijrah, leaving Mecca and going to Al-Madinah. And inshallah we'll speak more about that journey from the perspective of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. We'll speak more about it next week bi-idhnillah. Wallahu alam sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.